Not So Peter Priesthood Podcast, the podcast where a gay veteran and his emotional support Canadian scream into the void about the Mormon Church. If you want to reach us, we are on Instagram at Not So Peter Priesthood. And you can email us at Not So Peter Priesthood at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy! said age before beauty so now I'm like <laughs> I mean you're a very beautiful man clearly you're a beautiful man I thought you were on TV last night <laughs> so random I was like I I was I was say, laying here staring at my TV for like TV for like a, an extended period of time thinking why is Jake on TV that makes no sense <laughs> I am a celebrity. You didn't know that. I think his name's Nate something. He's a comedian. But he, you look a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You look a lot yeah. like him. It was pretty eerie when you showed me that. Like, I was like, oh, interesting. Right? Especially like from a distance and like a small thumbnail. <laughs> I mean, from a distance and a small thumbnail, I could look like pretty much anyone. So. <laughs> I, I can see the resemblance. Definitely more than I usually get Vince Vaughn. So. I don't see any Vince Vaughn at all. Neither he was here in town. I should have gone down and like introduced myself just to like have a face-to-face. But, Ugh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we've avoided it long enough, Dusty. So. He's <laughs> <sighs> really trying. Trying Listeners to butter you up, saying you look like a celebrity. <laughs> well, you butter me up after you tell me age before beauty. Not letting you live that one down, but it's fine. it's fine. My sisters say that to me all the time, and I'm like, because I'm the oldest, and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty too. <laughs> so, listeners, uh, we are going to do a little highlight. Real, I guess, of General Conference from October 2023. Yay! <laughs> hey, it's Dusty's favorite. She loves this. She's been looking forward I to this like I'm... ever since I told her about it. Hey, we probably should do that. <laughs> She's like, eh. Yay, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> my talk that I chose <laughs> is from our favorite homophobe of all. Ugh. Dallin H. I, I already hate which it. Which his drag name is Dilly Dally Soaks, and I love that. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Dilly Dally so, Soaks. Oh, that's funny. I was pretty proud of that. Uh, the talk is called Kings and Kingdoms of Glory, so you can know you know where this is going. Cano, you know where this is going. <laughs> he picked already. up the Kniffy. <laughs> it's actually pretty short, so um, you know he just gets right to the point. Because we're all getting old, and they don't have the oxygen. Stamina. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the stamina. That's more. <laughs> yeah, nap after talking for twelve minutes. <laughs> I do wonder how many. We should probably look at that. Um, how many of the quorum of the twelve apostles is under? I don't know, seventy. <laughs> 
Probably none of them, right? Probably not a lot, yeah. Uh, anyway. Is Bednar the youngest? He's like, what? Here. Also, did you guys see that, like, redo of his <laughs> day in the life where somebody was, like, talk? I thought, must have listened to you talk about it because it was everything that you said. Like, Larry, there's my secretary that you're not going to see again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they must have listened to Jake talk about this because it was the same thing. It was yeah. so funny. Uh, he is 71. Oh. Is he the uh, baby? He is the baby. <laughs> I would like to see the baby. <laughs> I don't like that. Come on, yeah. <laughs> He's not that. <laughs> yeah. I'm in a really weird mood. I'm so sorry. Everyone, I apologize. It's going to be a ride. <laughs> All right. So I summarized the first uh, part of his talk because it was bleh, bleh. I had chat GPT do it because I was like, this is boring. Chat <laughs> GPT, can you make this better? So um, he says, <laughs> this is summarized. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints distinguishes itself from other Christian churches by emphasizing the fullness of the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Central to this doctrine is the belief that Heavenly Father is still boring, but central to this doctrine is the belief that Heavenly Father loves all his children and desires them to live eternally in a kingdom of glory. Unlike the traditional concept of heaven and hell, Latter-day Saints believe in three kingdoms of glory for all children of God, each surpassing understanding. After a period of suffering for disobedience, all will be resurrected and judged by Jesus Christ who sends individuals to a kingdom based on their choices. Cool. That was a lot. I know. That was a lot. Um, so, <laughs> for people that are not familiar with the uh, quote plan of salvation, there's this whole thing with um, there's three degrees of glory that the Mormons believe in. There's the celestial, terrestrial, and telestial, and then and the celestial is the best one. And it has levels in it, too. There's diamond yeah. level. And, no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where you get a free um, swag bag. <laughs> it's so MLM. It is so where MLM. Car. Like, where do I get, like, the, nice, the fancy car, you know? Ooh. Which level? There is a woman here in town that has a pink Cadillac from, oh, what's the Mary makeup? Kay. Mary Kay. Thank you. I was like, what's... What's the name? Yeah, she drives it around all the time. It's very cute, but I'm like, mm. How much mm. did you have to mm. do? To, uh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> all right. So this is still ChatGPT summarizing his words. Uh, a unique aspect of the church is the emphasis on revealed commandments and covenants to provide the opportunity for all to qualify for the highest degree of glory in the celestial kingdom. This concept of exaltation in the celestial kingdom is a focal point for Latter-day Saints. The church's understanding of God's plan encompasses the pre-mortal life of spirits, the purpose and conditions of mortal life, and the desired destination in the afterlife. I could feel my eyes starting to glaze over. <laughs> well, that's not even... It's just the beginning. I know. Like... I'm having an like out of body experience of sitting in my parents' living room listening to general <laughs> conference and just like just totally like just uh, out just like <laughs> my brain being a million miles away and... <laughs> <sighs> it still happens Ugh. yeah <laughs> so <laughs> these are now we're getting to what he's actually said uh, we know from modern revelation that all all kingdoms have a law given. I don't. Must be from a scripture. There's a footnote, but I don't. I did not keep the footnotes because fuck that. 
and that the kingdom of glory we receive in the final judgment is determined by the laws we choose to follow in our mortal journey. I'm already I'm bored reading this. Anyway, <laughs> under that loving plan, there are multiple kingdoms, many mansions. So that that loving God... plan that will rip you from your family if you drink coffee. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> As we both sip our coffee. 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 So that all of God's children will inherit a kingdom of glory whose laws they can comfortably abide. So it's whatever your your mom's. So the people that are like addicted to sugar and their diet coke, what does that mean? Because it, it's always like, oh, the sins of the flesh and blah blah blah. But like every okay, not to generalize, but like I know a lot of Mormons that cannot like get up out of bed without cracking a diet coke. So yeah. yeah. You can't tell me that's any different than me needing a coffee to, like, cope with real life. <laughs> right? Yeah. I like to be wide awake for the nightmare. <laughs> well, and, it, <laughs> well, and even then, um, like, social media is an addiction, and you got lots mm-hmm. of Mormons that are addicted to that, you know? And, like, there's um, just any, like, you can be addicted to so many things. So this whole thing of like, oh, it's to keep addictions. but And there's also something like this fear of that they, the way they represent alcohol and drugs in the Mormon church is that like one sip and you're addicted, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so kinda, demonized. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but like who starts getting the shakes if they don't hit up like, I don't know, Bucky's in Texas to get their refill of their 72 ounce Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking of someone in specifically, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that seems very. Uh... It's very specific. <laughs> <laughs> they don't you listen. Pull that out in there. You're like, oh yeah, Bucky's in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as we describe the nature and requirements of each of the three kingdoms in the Father's plan, we begin with the highest, which is the focus of the divine commandments and ordinances God has revealed through the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I kind of thought, sorry to interrupt, the only people that are going to make it to the highest level are going to be people who have had their second anointing. Because they're the only people that are going to be... Yeah, yeah, they're they're the only people that have like no restrictions on them right because once you've had your second anointing that means you're in yeah that's I was true thinking about that that's a good point uh which means it's all just like the leader like the prophets and the like the general authorities yeah. which sounds terrible so i don't want to be there uh, he goes in the celestial glory there are three levels of which is the highest is exaltation in the celestial kingdom and I underlined this I don't this is the dwelling of those who have received of his fullness and of his glory wherefore they are gods even the sons and daughters of God and dwell in the presence of God and his Christ forever and ever right oh Mormons don't believe we become gods yeah fucking hell I literally just saw a thread. I told you about that this yesterday. Yeah. I literally watched a thread on more on X, Twitter, whatever, um, about this Mormon story of saying we don't believe that we can be gods. And then your um, fucking prophet just said that. Just said that like a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker. And he's oh. quoting scripture in there. Like he's quoting DNC or something. I don't know what he's quoting. Yeah. Something. He's quoting something. So like. 
that he <laughs> said it in a fucking talk to the whole fucking church. <laughs> like, <laughs> such liars. I just cannot comprehend the mental gymnastics of somebody sitting in general conference listening to that and then typing on Twitter or whatever it's called. We don't believe that. Like, you were, you were Did the you cognitive attention? dissonance of, like, <laughs> that didn't happen. I can't. I can't with it. Like, oh, my God. I know. Uh, through revelation, God has revealed the eternal laws, ordinances, and covenants that must be observed to develop the godly attributes necessary to realize this divine potential. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I always have to take a deep breath before I say that so that I can say it all in one. Anyway, focuses on these because the purpose of this restored church is to prepare God's children for salvation in the celestial glory and more particularly for exaltation in its highest degree. Ugh. Anyway, so God's plan, this is where it gets a little, <clears throat> yeah, God's plan founded on eternal truth requires that exaltation can be attained only through faithfulness to the covenants of an eternal marriage between a man and a woman in the Holy Temple, which marriage will ultimately be available to all the faithful. That is why we teach that gender is an essential characteristic of individual premortal, mortal, and eternal identity and purpose. I was muted, just... so you didn't hear my exasperated gasp. <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, so, they're really just like... Laying on <sighs> thick. I just don't and understand. Also, to note, between a man and a woman, so, you know, we're not talking about multiples there, so they're totally denying this whole idea of polygamy. Yet, yeah. it's in the scriptures, it's in the DMC, yeah. they have yeah. not yet actually come out and officially said we don't believe in polygamy so but then they do because they absolutely do according to the church my ex-husband has two wives well not anymore because i removed my records but yeah oh yeah Uh, and then this whole thing with gender is um that it's like your um he's coming out at the transgender people individuals because he's saying that gender is an essential characteristic of it's you were a boy in your premortal life. You're going to be a boy this life. You're a boy in X life. You know, like that's it's all. Yeah. What if they just happened to be born in the wrong body then? If, what if they were a boy in the premortal life and they just had the wrong parts when they were born here? And that's part of their trial is to be like realize that they were like. Yeah, in the context of Mormonism, that could be easily just like. But then they would say, well, God doesn't make mistakes. But then it's like, well. <laughs> what about people that are born with like cerebral palsy that are, you know, need adaptive equipment to be able to walk? Yeah. You're saying that they're allowed to use that because that's their trial in life, but a transgender person isn't allowed to find like gender affirming care because that's not right. Like, yeah. It, you make that's it make sense. Picking. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, cherry pick who the, chooses? The... Because in because tra- transgenderism is a is a sin and it's a choice apparently, whereas well, cerebral palsy is not a choice. In there, they also believe that like in the premortal life we chose what our trials would be. Like I've always heard that like oh, yeah. my cousin, she chose that she was going to have this really horrible trial of being very like high on the autism spectrum and that that was her choice and she knew she was going to have that trial. So. How can you tell me it's not a choice? Like they, yeah. they're 
their circular talk makes me insane. And the further I get away from it, the more obviously glaring it is that they're just picking and choosing the things that work for their own little oh, belief yeah. system. It's got to fit their narrative. If, otherwise, it's not. Um, it doesn't like uh, what was it? So and I always got that when I was um, with my sexuality and gave, mm-hmm. you know, that's how they view gay people is that it's a trial that you chose in the pre-mortal life and you you knew how you would respond to it or you you were willing to take it on and i'm like yeah. when i was going through it and suffering through it you know and i was like trying to like trying to, to um decide that that cognitive dissonance the tension between the two different values and beliefs was um i was i was like well why would i choose this why would i choose to mm-hmm. suffer through that men- mental turmoil and then still end up choosing when and still as a gay man i'm like i feel happier and better like as authentic as a gay man yeah instead yeah. of like i'm going to live your so god wanted me to choose to stay in the church and be suffering for the rest of my life versus yeah like, and it's happy. the you either stay celibate <laughs> your entire life which is not what, like, if you go back to everything that, like, they teach about well, Christ, we're supposed to live as Christ did. And, like, I don't know what we always, it was always in my family, we always discussed that, yeah, Christ had a wife and he was married because that was part of, like, what you have to do to, you know, fulfill whatever. And so if we take that piece of it and say you're supposed to get married and you're supposed to have a family, so then that doesn't hold up any water either because you either are celibate or you are married to somebody that you have no sexual attraction to. And that's causing problems. And like, chances are you're not going to like, it's not going to work. Yeah. Like I just, it, yeah. Like I said, the more distance I get from it, the more I'm like, these are huge glaring issues that you're not addressing that you're just talking around. And there's no answer for. And then it's, oh, well, well, God will give us the answer in the next slide. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So he, well, and that's always their cop out is that we just don't know. Well, we don't know. We don't know. And we'll find out in the next life. And it's like, well, you claim you're the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet (laughs) you don't have all the fucking answers. So what is it? Like, this is a huge thing. Why can you not just like, yo, J-Dog, let's dialogue in the special in the temple and or whatever yeah is is god just keeping his uh his cards close to his chest and being like you don't get to know that now you know like yeah no like it's (laughs) like what is the like the suicide rate of queer teens Mm -hmm. is so astronomically high god doesn't care about those teens yeah so you're saying god doesn't give a shit about them suffering and unaliving themselves he's not gonna he's not gonna give any sort of like anything to help out with that situation he's he's that much of an asshole that he's like nope let them kill themselves because i'm not gonna tell you why yeah and also because well they're sinful so of course let them do that you know like eh, whatever (sighs) yeah makes me enraged anyways so he goes on to talk about our favorite, the family proclamation on the family. Uh, he says, its declarations clarify the requirements that prepare us to live with God the Father and his son Jesus Christ. Those who do not fully understand the Father's loving plan for his children may consider this family proclamation no more than a changeable statement of policy. So 
there is that like there's been that conversation a lot about like is it is it actual is it doctrine or is it policy right with the, yeah with the doctrine with the family proclamation and there yeah there's no real answer nobody can answer that <laughs> but he's saying it's more than policy so i think he's trying to push it as doctrine so he's saying which, it's doctrine yeah when yeah. it's convenient for them it's doctrine and when somebody really has a big problem well it's it's just like a policy it's not actual doctrine so yeah like it again they just pick and choose they cherry pick <laughs> what works for them in the moment right and then uh it makes me curious to see how it's going to go when he becomes because he's next in line to be after rusty so uh he will probably push this to be like it's doctrine it's doctrine yeah it's only going to get worse (laughs) once he becomes prophet so anyway uh in contrast we affirm that the family proclamation founded on irrevocable irrevocable why is that word doctrine irrevocable doctrine defines the mortal family relationship where the most important part of our eternal development can occur so when he's talking about a family it's a mother and a father and then children (laughs) yeah yeah and then we i think we've touched on this before but like the family proclamation doesn't even uh like it doesn't talk about like disabled people like the like there's no mention of that how that fits in like there are disabled people that are members of the church that can't have children and they never will there's like people that have the mentality of a like eight-year-old but they're in a 40-year-old body mm-hmm. and they'll never they can't consent to sex mm-hmm. so why would they 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 can't get married you know so how does that fit into this whole thing and mm-hmm. then like autistic people and uh mm-hmm. there's also um single like if you get divorced or whatever you know like and you're but you still remain faithful and you have one I don't know. I just uh, there's so, a... so many nuances in relationships and families that they don't yeah. that they're trying to like cookie cut it, you know, and yeah. say if you don't fit into this mold, then well, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> which is so sad because it's not. I feel like mom, dad, and 2.5 kids is not the norm anymore. You know, we have grandparents raising children. We have single moms. We have single dads. We have, you know, like life is not. I wish it was Leva to Beaver 1950s and I had my pearls on while I was vacuuming the living room, but that's not real. In a dress. <laughs> In a dress. Oh, God. Yeah. It's got, like, the heebie-jeebies. Oh, my God. Your makeup all perfect while you're vacuuming. <laughs> <laughs> Could Girl, you imagine? Seen, um, what is that called? Don't, don't Worry, Darling. That is, like, a... Um, it's a mindfuck, but it... Um, they live in this like utopia world and she's like she's this housewife and then her husband goes off to it's basically like this like 1950s like bubble thing and then she realizes that she starts um seeing like cracks in it and so she she starts investigating and she realizes that it's all just like this um she's actually not in her body is actually like she's asleep and she's like plugged into any sorry that's a spoiler but she's like plugged into a um like a a, simulator or something hey yeah yeah fucked up i mean (laughs) yeah like i i wish that that was our reality where a mom could stay home and you know dad worked nine to four and he paid for their house after six months of work like i wish that that was our reality 
It's not, though. But it's not our reality. And also, in that time frame, there was very, like, women were very much, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not depressed, but, like, suppressed. Suppressed. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, subdued, suppressed. Gay men were, you know, demonized. Like, it was not, everybody, like, lifts it up as, like, that's what life should be. But, like, look at the reality of it. Like, people were miserable because they were so boxed into this ideal. And that's not... Mm-hmm. Well, that that movie made me think of that and made me think of the church, too, as how, like, this is what... This is the reality... This is... The, the virtual reality that she's living in is what the church would want. Mm-hmm. I watched Pleasantville oh, yeah. after, like, leaving, and I was like, mm-hmm. this that's is great. a deconstruction story. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need. Yeah, let's rewatch that one. Um. Okay. So he. I don't know if we. Let's see. The Apostle Paul describes the three degrees. Three degrees of glory, uh, likening them to the glories of the sun, moon, and stars. He names the highest celestial and the second terrestrial. He does not name the lowest, but a revelation to Joseph Smith, of course, added its name telestial, which he was just like. Eh, it's like. Let's just mix the two. It's celestial and terrestrial, celestial and terrestrial, and celestial. He's really. I had a Sunday school teacher tell us how to remember it, it was cell turtles. Cell turtle. <laughs> I was like. Oh, I always start sea turtle. That's what. I, oh, I, sea I, turtle. That works turtle. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I always remembered which order they went in. Not because I like paid attention and like knew shit. It's because of the stupid <laughs> cell turtle. <laughs> that's I still remember it that way. I'm like sea turtle. I'm like always, know. always. <laughs> Anytime anybody talks about the kingdoms, I'm like which cell one is turtle. Yeah. <laughs> I can never remember which one goes first. That's why it's easier because like yeah. celestial, I know that one, but like is yeah. it? and terrestrial or is it you know so it's just, yeah i always i have to say it in my head cell terrestrial terrestrial okay it's <laughs> <laughs> that brainwashing uh, 38 years later <laughs> right. another revelation also describes the nature of the persons to be assigned to each of these kingdoms of glory those who do not choose to abide the laws of the celestial kingdom will inherit another kingdom of glory, lesser than the celestial, but suited to the laws they have chosen and comfortably abide. He keeps repeating that. So, like, you're going to go <laughs> to the kingdom that you, made, yeah. that you chose and so and that you can most comfortably abide. And these Mormon Twitter people, um, they're like, well, it's the most loving thing that a god can do that you would put you where you can... Um, where you'd be the most comfortable. I'm like, but my family will be like, by your doctrine, my family will be over there and I can't go see them. They can come see me, but I can't go over there. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, after, you know, Thanksgiving dinner, maybe it's not the worst thing. Yeah. <laughs> Need some separation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says that word abide so common in the scriptures means a secure placement for example those in the terrestrial kingdom comparable to the popular concept of heaven are they who receive the presence of the son but not the fullness of the father they were honorable men of the, of the earth who were blinded by the craftiness of men but not valiant in the testimony of jesus okay 
Speaking of the kingdom, I'm skipping some because I'm. Ugh. Uh, speaking of the three kingdoms of glory with this prophetic vision, this is like whenever I'm this, whenever they quote somebody who's like in the room with them, I'm like, this is like the total, like the biggest brown nose and like, oh, can you can you get can you kiss his ass a little more? Yeah. Sorry, your mic's muffled because your your nose is in his bum hole. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of the three kingdoms of glory with his prophetic vision, President Russell M. Nelson recently wrote. Mortal lifetime is barely a nanosecond compared with eternity. But what a crucial nanosecond it is. Consider carefully how it works. During this mortal life, you get to choose which laws you are willing to obey. Those of the celestial kingdom, or the terrestrial, or the telestial. And therefore, in which kingdom of glory you will live forever. What a plan. It is a plan that completely honors your agency. Fuck you, Rusty. (laughs) Based upon their, like, arbitrary ideals of what is right and wrong yeah right okay Okay. (laughs) and the way okay so i keep bringing up twitter but it's just like it's there anyway so this woman this ex-mormon she posted a picture of herself with coffee and the way these mormons got unhinged over that i was like first of all she's an ex-mormon so she shouldn't be held up to your standard second of all and she did say like she had like a cheeky um caption where she was just like oh Losing Gave my up salvation for salvation. yeah, <laughs> Love it. which I thought Love it was it. great, but anyway, I think that's the part that they really hated. I'm like, oh, ex Mormons just giving up their salvation for coffee. I'm like, yeah, I just want to be like, like, how stupid you sound right now. <laughs> I always go back to the like when Kim Kardashian lost her diamond ring, and it's like, Kim, people are dying. <laughs> That's all I can think of is all the bullshit of like, oh, I'm like, people are dying. <laughs> like, can we just not? <laughs> uh, all right. So, the okay, I guess we have to read this one. Oh. All right. The Apostle Paul taught that the Lord's teachings and commandments were given that we may all attain the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That process requires far more than acquiring knowledge. It is not even enough to be convinced with the gospel. We must act so that we are converted by it. In contrast to other <laughs> your face, in contrast to other preaching which teaches us to know something, the gospel of Jesus Christ challenges us to become something. <sighs> so it's um, bitter and mean on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no there. They're unhinged. They're unhinged. Unhinged. There's no no filters. No, and it's not. It's part of it's like fascinating to me because it's like, oh, this is the reality of you guys actually. So anyway. Yeah, it's it's funny when they're anonymous and they don't have to answer to anyone. Mm-hmm. They are so vile, mm-hmm. but you know that it's like Sister Smith teaching primary children on Sunday, and it's so. And I'm, and it's not all Mormons. It's definitely not. It's a very select, you know, microcosm of it all. But oh. it's so, like, I just find it so hilarious that these people that profess to love everyone and be examples of Christ are the like bottom of the barrel nastiness online. It's just, oh it's, yeah, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. Uh, let's see. That's why I go on there, really. That's one of the big draws to me is, like, it's just such a, like, especially from, like, a psychology perspective, too. I'm just, like, 
you guys suck. <laughs> like, and it's also like referring to me because I'm like, oh, you guys aren't perfect. You guys say you are, like, you guys aren't these little like, mm, oh, I'm going to go. And they, you can, and they hold it up again. Like, so there's this one, this kind of, this one family, this couple that's pretty popular among Mormon Twitter, which I'm like, okay, it's like a blip on a, nobody knows who you are, hun. Anyway, but they, um, there was something, anyway, one of uh, the husband was like, oh, how could she be that person if she was in the temple all day? And I'm like, well, she had time to fucking tell me I'm a degenerate all the time, all day today. So she wasn't in the fucking temple all day, or she was calling me a degenerate from the temple, which is fucking worse. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's true. All right, so I'm going to skip a little bit more. Um, because of Jesus Christ and his atonement, when we fall short in this life, we can repent and rejoin the covenant path that leads to what our Heavenly Father desires for us. The Book of Mormon uh, teaches that this life is the time for us to prepare to meet God, but the, chal- the challenging limitation to this life was given a hopeful context, at least to some extent for some persons, by what the Lord revealed to President Joseph F. Smith, now recorded in Doctrine and Covenants, Section 138. I just, every time they say, the Book of Mormon teaches, I just think in my little brain, Lord of the Ring teaches that a wizard is never late nor early. He's always exactly. (laughs) Like, it's just so funny to me that I'm like, it's fiction. Like, yes, we can learn things from fiction, but like. But like, (sighs) not base our life on it either. um, Whenever I see it, I think, oh, Joseph Smith wrote that this life, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. All right. Uh, this is from Joseph F. Smith. Don't forget the F. Um, Remember the F. <laughs> I beheld, the prophet wrote, that the faithful elders of this dispensation, when they depart from mortal life, continue their labors in the preaching of the gospel of repentance and redemption through the sacrifice of the only begotten Son of God among those who are in darkness and under the bondage of sin in the great world of the spirits of the dead. The dead who repent will be redeemed through obedience to the ordinances of the house of God and doing little handshakes and after they have paid the penalty of their transgressions and are washed clean shall receive a reward according to their works for their heirs of salvation <laughs> it's just like you can't come into our treehouse unless you know our secret handshake <laughs> <laughs> and it is a boys club so it's like no girls allowed <laughs> yeah we don't want no stinking girls they're cuties, yeah, cuties. the he-man woman haters club uh in addition and see this is another little cop out that they have it's the millennium because it's um oh we don't know we'll know answers in the millennium we're gonna be oh and we're gonna be doing temple work 24 hours a day oh yeah all the time sounds so fun even when i was a leaving mormon i was like oh that sounds awful please no No. Thank God, no. No, unless it's on like a thursday when they have roast beef in the cafeteria then that'd be all right i guess but that's right. the worst. That's the worst when you're sitting in a temple session and you can smell the roast beef in the cafeteria <laughs> and you're so hungry. Because you fasted. And- because I fasted before I went to the temple so that I could have this really beautiful spiritual experience. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, he talks about the millennium for a minute, and then he says, there's much we do not know about the three major periods in the plan of salvation and their relationship to one another, the premortal spirit world, mortality, and the next life. But we do know these eternal truths. Salvation is an individual matter, but exaltation is a family matter. <sighs> anyway. I know, that's what I was thinking of. It's Urkel. It's Urkel. <laughs> Stefan Urkel. We so... Stefan Urkel. <laughs> yes, and Laura loved him. Yeah. We are just showing our age so badly right now. <laughs> our, like, younger audience is going to be like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> Children, once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> there was a show... <laughs> Oh, I love them. I've been seeing um, uh, New Girl, because she does this whole thing. Mm. She meets these, like, younger people in her apartment complex, and she starts quoting, like, Family Matters and uh, Full House to them, and they think she's hilarious. And they're like, (laughs) she doesn't, they're like, she doesn't. She says, they don't know about these shows, so they sound all cool. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I know my friend says to her daughter, you know what I mean, Uncle Phil? And her daughter, without any knowledge of anything, goes, yes, Will. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing, because she has no idea. It's so... <laughs> oh, no, I mean, Uncle Phil? Yes, Will. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <sighs> All right, well, that's that, that talk. Um, and you have one for me that I don't know about. Well, it's like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm ready. Okay. Am I ready? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I forgot to get the. Oh. Uh oh. Stevenson. Hold on. It's the Stevenson talk. I didn't get the title of it, apparently. Hold on. One moment, please. I'm very professional. <laughs> oh my god, I'm such a mess, you guys. It's fine. <laughs> fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine, you guys. I went to go get some um wire shelving for my um pantry and then I now have a new Christmas tree. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know, my poor husband was like <laughs> He's like, is this is for the pantry? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I have chosen the talk Promptings of the Spirit by Elder Gary E. Stevenson. Is he a 70 person or something? I think so, yeah. Oh, no, what? It doesn't oh. matter. It's fine. It he's, doesn't, he's someone. He's someone. Yeah. Okay. Like it's a white guy. Yeah. So he starts off with his introduction. (laughs) Recently, the eyes of the sporting world focused on the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup hosted by Australia and New Zealand. I already hate this. Yeah. I also have to laugh that my computer thinks like everything in here has spelling errors because (laughs) I'm Canadian. But anyways, so like honor and stuff is always spelled wrong. (laughs) It just makes me giggle. World-class athletes narrowed from more than 200 national teams from around the globe demonstrated their grit, dedication, talent, and athleticism as they competed for the soccer world's highest honor, spelled without a U. <laughs> we marvel um, at... I like this um, like American-Canadian 
thing that you got going on right now. I, I know. Like, mm. Sorry. I'm just kidding. It's just, <laughs> it's just funny to me that when I like put it into my computer, oh, my <laughs> computer's like this man who's speaking to like millions of people can't spell. Yeah. <laughs> it just like makes me happy on some weird level. <laughs> the worst. Okay, so I love like as you'll text me stuff and it's like it has the U in there. I'm like, oh, that's cute. I love it when I see it from you. But there's certain people, and you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Person who is very pretentious that puts U's and everything. I'm like, you are not. You are straight up American. You have never left Idaho. So. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> because you know they had to physically change their keyboard to, like, British English or Canadian English, or they do it, they have to, like, do it themselves, which is so funny yeah. to me. Yeah. It's just funny. Oh. Oh. Anyway. All right. Anyways. FIFA, 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 FIFA. Yeah. We're yeah. back to that. Okay. We're back to that. <laughs> We marvel at performers in numerous sports and other disciplines who achieve the highest level of their art. We speak of their God-given talents or gifts, or, you know, the fact that they've trained their entire lives, but whatever. This includes those gifted to dance, gymnastics, music, art, drama, mathematics, science, and more. Each such person demonstrates God-given gifts that are refined and honed by a lifetime of hard work, study, and practice. God-given gifts make gifted people. So he's, like, talking about, like, God-given gifts. Which I... Um, I hate the phrase. Yeah. Like, like some people are born naturally gifted. I'll admit yeah. that, like, for sure. But, like, let's let's maybe also focus on the fact that they've, like, honed their skill over time and practice and dedication and they work their fucking asses off to get as good as they are and it's not because of some deity that is like suddenly granted them this gift it's because maybe they fucking found passion for it and they fucking just they worked their it's discrediting any work that they do and it's giving credit to some like magical being in the world in the we don't even know if it he exists. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think of, um, <laughs> space jam. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of age, the original, yeah. not the new one where it shows like Michael Jordan as a kid, like outside playing basketball on like the dirt court and he's like shooting and it's dark and like, it's time to come inside. And he's like, just a few more minutes or whatever. Like that, that passion is what drives these people. They find something that they're passionate about. And it has, yeah. it's not just like God sprinkled fairy dust on them. It was like, you're going to be good at basketball. You're going to be the best yeah. at basketball. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like, uh, it's, I also think of like surgeons, like people that are like, go through these oh, surgeries yes. and like life-saving surgeries or whatever. And they're like, oh, God helped us and whatever. But it's like not giving any credit to the surgeons who uh, went through all that training and all that school and researched and, you know, did all these things to get that good and to save your fucking life. Yeah, just, like, I, I have my uncle is a surgeon and he posted it's been a while ago, but he posted one time like a picture of a surgeon like in their scrubs, like leaning against the wall. And it was like, you know seven years of medical school and all this, like it just went through like his, like um, 
residency and training and all the stuff and his continued education and just finished in 16 hour surgery. But thankfully the family prayed to God so that it was successful. And I was like, yep. <laughs> like okay. it wasn't him and his skill and the fact that he is good at what he does. It's because, you know, family prayed and that's what saved their kid's leg or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I just find it interesting. Okay. So, now he's talking about exercising spiritual gifts. See how they do that? They talk about like gifts and then they like mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate yeah. it. I hate it so much. Um so yeah, so returning to our analogy, he talks about like seeking seeking earnestly seeking the best gifts, spiritual gifts. Like uh, it's just funny to me that it's like go out and seek these gifts that are going to then be given to you rather than it, it the analogy doesn't work because people are born naturally gifted at things they didn't have to go seek mm-hmm. i don't know it's just funny um <clears throat> let's see i'm gonna skip this part because it's just really annoying so <laughs> in the coming days oh like you were saying he's quoting rusty Russ, president russell m nelson like they just have to like boost up his little ego hey so I saw some like statistic or whatever where they um how many times Rusty Nelson got quoted versus like uh the scriptures versus Joseph Smith and Rusty got like he uh they quoted he was like number two over J Dog too. Like Oh wow. Yeah. And it's just it's so weird to me to be like to put someone in such like a high regard when he's like sitting in the room with you. Yeah. Like, what about humility? What about, mm. you know, anyways. Um, so he's quoting Rusty. In the in coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. Mm. Okay. Um, so how to invite and recognize the promptings of the Spirit. So he's going to tell us all these things to do so that we can have the Holy Ghost with us. And I just, okay. Yay. <laughs> so the first one, obviously, is to stand in holy places. Oh. <laughs> so, so. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to drink some coffee while you talk. Oh, well, it's probably. You'll probably get to this, but I just. This whole stand in holy places thing, and it's like this. It's a. We've talked about it before where the Holy Ghost is just a mechanism for them to control. Mm-hmm. And um, I was always told, like, anytime I did anything wrong, the Holy Ghost left me. And I'm, and yet, yet they tell you he's a constant companion, you know, that you were confirmed with. And yet, oh, circle talk again. Yeah. You know, like, wait, so he's a constant companion, but he only likes me if I'm doing stuff right. You know, he's only yeah. a constant companion if. I, so which is it? Like, yeah. Is and if I I'm, end up in a bad situation, he's fleeing because that's not a holy place. So he's not going to be there to help me out of a bad situation. I'm on my fucking own. Yeah. So what kind of constant companion is he? He's a pretty yeah. shitty little ghost. Ghosty. Yeah. <laughs> like my dog's a better companion than that. Yeah. Anyways. Also, <laughs> your gut is fucking a better companion than that. Like our bio- biological responses are better uh, judges of situations mm-hmm. than Holy Ghost. And so, if you're constantly, uh, t- what is it? What is it? If you're constantly saying like my biological responses are 
not what I'm supposed to be listening to. I'm supposed to be listening to this Holy Ghost whispering in my mm-hmm. ear, which, re- I mean, it really is. It's the same, yeah. Responses, but, like, but you're not, you're not giving credit to your, your, your own, your own abilities. ability to yeah. assess situations and to understand, like, your danger, unsafe, and, or that you're making these wrong decisions. And, implied in all that too is that if you're feeling grow if you're feeling what am I trying to say if you're um say you're like at a party like as a teenager or whatever right. and they bring out alcohol the reason why you feel gross about alcohol is because you've had this like filter of the church saying that's wrong that's wrong mm-hmm. it's not because it's that that itself is wrong or you're and maybe you you know different situations you're you're in danger you're unsafe but like mm-hmm. most likely you're not unsafe you know like you're just it's just demonizing alcohol mm-hmm. in those situations mm-hmm. does this make sense am i making sense no no i completely <laughs> understand like i'm thinking of a situation where so i was in a situation where i was assaulted and the answer being because i went somewhere i wasn't supposed to be the holy ghost left me and i was assaulted and I was yeah. like, but I, why was the Holy Ghost not with me to protect me, to get me out of that situation? And it's exactly. because I made the choice to go somewhere, not knowing it was an unsafe, I didn't know the situation until I was in the situation. So yeah. it's such a, it's such a victim blaming thing where it's like, well, you made the choice to go somewhere where the Holy Ghost couldn't be, but I'm supposed yeah. to be protected by the Holy Ghost. Like, yeah. That's you know, exactly people it. who are in car accidents and stuff get protected, but I didn't because I made an, mm-hmm. a choice. It just yeah. that that aspect of it has always pissed me off to no end. Mm-hmm. But anyways, oh, it's true because um, they they um and it's a way for them to say, <laughs> oh well, you're being protected, but like only if you're making the right choices. But then mm-hmm. how am I supposed to make right choices, quote unquote, if he's not mm-hmm. there to tell yeah. me that that's a wrong choice? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a mindfuck. It is. It's a complete mindfuck. So he says, our temples and homes are the most sacred of these dedicated spaces. Speaking of, did your family, like, have your house dedicated as a kid? Uh, I remember doing, like, prayers and stuff. And I did it on my mission. Yeah. We would would dedicate people's houses because they would ask us to. Or um, we would... There was one time we dedicated my apartment because it was a new apartment to the missionaries, whatever. Yeah, I always thought that was like such a, it's like, it's, it's, I mean, it's a cool concept. It's like staging your home. It's like setting good intentions in your home. But it's so funny that they like say like dedicating your home is right, but like staging your home is witchcraft. It's so, it's the same thing. It's asking for like there to be like. A, a sense of calm and peacefulness in your home. It's so funny to me, but anyways. Um, <laughs> in them, we more easily invite and recognize the spirit. Other holy places include meeting houses, seminary buildings, and institutes, and church history sites, and visitor centers. Stand in holy places. Oh! Well, wait a second, because I was assaulted in a house, and that home had been dedicated because it was a member's house. So explain to me... I was in a holy place, so why? What your your theory doesn't hold that's water there? Was, that's what I was gonna say. Is sometimes even dedicated places can be mm-hmm. like there's homes where uh, there's abusive uh, parents that are mm-hmm. 
and that's not a holy place, even if it's been quote unquote dedicated. Like mm. that's not a. And I think of <laughs> one of the uh, one of the things that my dad said when he found out I was gay. He said, "You can be gay, just don't bring it to my house." It's basically <laughs> the. Um, so you're not allowed in his house, like. Yeah, and I'm just like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I well, and I think his intention of that was that it would drive out the spirit in the house to yeah. like, I don't know. So. I don't know. Getting screamed at generally isn't a good way to drive the spirit. Anyways, yeah. I just remember like getting out of that situation and running, and there being like a picture of Christ on the wall as I was leaving, Ugh. and I remember thinking like this is so fucked up. Yeah. Like. Anyways. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so number two is stand with holy people. This is the one that I was getting pissed off about. Um, <coughs> sorry. A second, stand with holy people. I'll describe the second guiding principle with another memory. Oh. So they're having a devotional in a sports arena. And usually the arena is filled with raucous fans cheering for their team and jeering opponents and blah, 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 blah. The arena was filled with thousands of young people assembled to honor, spelt wrong, <laughs> and commemorate the life of the prophet Joseph Smith. Their reverent, quiet tone, gratitude, and prayerful hearts filled the arena with the presence of the Holy Spirit. I could literally see it in their faces. It was the gift of the Holy Ghost in action, affirming the testimonies being born of Joseph Smith and the restoration of the gospel. So, he's trying to say that because... Hockey fans or whatever are not holy people. It was the holy people in the arena that caused the Holy Ghost to be there. And I just, it's so funny to me because as like somebody not a part of that organization, there's something to be said about the intentions of a group setting. If you are getting together because you are pissed off about politics and you're having a heated discussion, there's a certain spirit in that room. And I'm saying spirit as in like, feeling if you are getting together to discuss a book in a book club there is a feeling of like joy or comedic whatever depending on the book that you've read and I find it so funny that he would compare those two things because it's apples and oranges sports fans are there to watch sports there's going to be a raucous spirit of like jeering and cheering and being hyped up of course, a bunch of teenagers talking about Joseph Smith is going to have a different... I, I just found it really interesting. No, that's true. I, um... Yeah. I, uh, okay, so there's, like... Like you said, the, like, the vibe is different with whatever meeting you're going to The vibe, do. thank you. That's the word <laughs> I was looking for. I was <laughs> reaching for it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But like, and then he's saying like, find your strength in numbers, find good friends, be good friends, support one another wherever you are, stand with holy people. And it comes down to that like bullying sense of if anybody's been to a high school with like Mormon kids, there's such an othering that like, and you even have levels of it. It's like the kids who were like on seminary council or like their own little clique. And then it's like the kids that are like kind of active, but like still like, you know, go to metal shows on the weekend clique. And then there's like, Oh, they don't even, they're not even active in the church. So like, we can't be friends with them. You know what I mean? Like it's so toxic yeah. to say that to teenagers. 
So it's interesting because right after, well, I don't know when this was, but well, actually it would have been right after because at the very end of this conference, uh, Russell M. Nelson talked about, he has this now famous quote that he says, never take counsel from those that do not believe. And so um, when you have, uh, this is just, that just affirms what this guy is saying that like the othering and the, like you can't, you can get great. Like there's great people that are outside of the church as we know. Like I, I have met some of the kindest and uh, most quote unquote Christ-like people that are outside of the church versus inside the church. And yes, there are Christ-like people in the Mormon church, but like to, for them, but they don't, acknowledge that they don't they Mm -hmm. anybody that's outside of the church is like obviously broken in some way or they don't have they're just or ignorant and they don't under they don't know about they don't have the fullness of the gospel and Mm -hmm. that is such a dangerous uh way of thinking and i can i always think of um my fourth grade best friend who was a jehovah's witness and how it was like like I, I loved that kid, and we were just like, and um, like my parents let me play with him because he was letting, making me, helping me be a boy, quote unquote, is the thing. And then because we would actually like throw a ball around or whatever, you know, it was like, yeah, um, which I didn't like to do, <laughs> but I would with him. Yeah, because you know, it was because like, wanted to play it, with your friend. Yeah, yeah, and he made it fun. Like I remember having so much fun with him, mm-hmm. and then, um, but yeah, I. Anyway, I don't know if I deviated from that, but I just was thinking of, like, yeah, how, there's good uh, people outside of the church, and I think of like we had, there was a bit of an experience this summer because I was supposed to go to my <laughs> high school reunion, um, and I wasn't gonna go because I just I. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, but there's this like clique of girls that were awful in high school and they've become awful adults and they still live in Cardston and they still have their own little like niche, like we're the coolest of the cool and they're raising these children in such. Anyways, there was something posted online that one of the, the women I went to girls I went to high school with commented and it was so ugly and it was so toxic and it was so narrow-minded and I was like oh so you guys have literally isolated yourselves to the point where you can't you can't even see outside of your own little circle of like we're the best of the best it was just and that's I feel like that's really it's a cult tactic of like isolating and insulating people and not letting them have ideas outside of the group and not letting them experience experience like these children are growing up not experiencing anything outside of this very tiny little bubble and and it happened like these kids get out into the real world and they cannot cope these girls I know went to college could not cope with the real world and had to run back to Cardston because it's not they're not equipped to deal with what the world actually is you know oh yeah and I think everybody can a lot of people that at least grew up in like Mormon bubbles can relate to that. Is that the, um, and coming back here to Southeast Idaho has been like, like I'll see people from high school 
that have never left or whatever. And I'm like, oh, you're still here, you know, <laughs> like, and it, yeah. I mean, if it, if that's their cup of tea, whatever, then that's fine. But like, um, they also, I see stuff that they post on Facebook or whatever. That's like, uh, that's pretty like narrow minded of you to say, you know, and like, yeah, yeah. they, um, they post some of the like worst stuff on there. And I'm just like, Okay, well, maybe if you had a little more life experience and like saw stuff yeah. outside of this little bubble that we live in, yeah, then maybe you would change your perspective. Yeah, because like I know people that like have now moved back to Cardston or whatever to raise their family because it's a small town, it's got good, like you don't have to worry about your kids, but they're not the people that are up like posting bullshit on the internet. They're, they're the ones that are like, yeah, I don't know a lot about the world and I like to be educated and I would like to... You know, there's a very different group and they do not talk to each other. <laughs> it's just so anyways, that was a really weird tangent. But anyways, um, the third thing he says is to testify of holy truth. So <laughs> I have to read you the story because they always have a story that you're like, mm-hmm. I remember once taking a 45 minute taxi ride in New York City, having had a warm gospel conversation with the driver for the duration of my ride to the airport. I paid her and prepared to exit the taxi. Then I realized I had not offered a testimony of what I had shared. Pausing. (laughs) I shared a simple, short testimony, inviting the spirit and bringing tears to both our eyes. As you seek and take opportunities to share your testimony with others, you will create moments to recognize the spirit for yourself. Can we, he's saying that it brought tears to both of their eyes. This poor woman has been with this man for 45 minutes. There's probably like an alert flashing on her like Uber app that she's missing out on a ride and she's crying because that's her money to pay rent next week because this man is still talking about church. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm also thinking of like the New York minute mentality of like, yeah. Come on, go, go, yeah, get let's out, go, let's go, let's go. out of my car, you know? Also, <laughs> you don't stop at the airport. You are still rolling as you're pushing people out of your vehicle because there's no stopping at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's uh, no chit-chatting. There's no fond. Yeah, no, you got to go pay like the $30 paying yeah. fee yeah. Yeah. to park so you can stop. There's no stopping. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, his next one the final principle is to listen to the Holy Spirit he can be our constant can he can he be our constant companion only when it's like peaceful yeah only when you're in the right place with the right vibes with the right (laughs) people um The prophet Elijah found that the voice of the Lord was not in the wind, the earthquake, or the fire, but was a still, small voice. It is not a voice of thunder, but rather a still voice of perfect mildness, as if it had been a whisper, and yet can pierce even to the very soul. Um, That's why we're not supposed to laugh loudly, because we might miss the spirit, remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the noise, clamor, and... Con- clamor spelt wrong (laughs) and contention prevalent in the world may overpower still quiet impressions of the holy spirit find a quiet place a holy space where you can seek to receive direction from the spirit remember praying in your closet was like a thing you remember that i don't know what it's from like 
you were supposed to like go into a, like a secret quiet oh, yeah. place to pray. I remember like trying to clear out stuff from my closet to have like a private place to pray. Like I distinctly remember <laughs> that as a kid. Oh, man. We were weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's some words of caution. Good Lord. Okay. Confirm <laughs> your spiritual impressions. For example, impressions from the Spirit will align with the scriptures and the teachings of the living prophets. Let me summarize this whole talk for you. (laughs) The Spirit will only ever agree with what we've already told you. If we haven't said it, then it's not the Spirit. Yes. That's just, that's the end of the, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Be certain that the feelings you receive are consistent with your assignment. Spiritual matters cannot be forced, so you can't, like, force the spirit to give you the answers. Mm-hmm. Use your own best judgment. <laughs> like, use Wait, your God-given so use intelligence. Your judgment, but don't. But, but only... don't. But only if it agrees what you've already been told. Only if it's in a holy place. Only if you're around holy people. Like, this it's also it's... makes me think of the this whole idea of free agency, where they mm. say that you have all this free agency, but it's only if you're doing what you're told. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's not, not free agency. No, it's not. And it's so, it's so, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Um, controlling. Yeah. So, it's very uh, controlling. manipulative. Yeah. It's so. Manipulative. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so he's going to conclude with an invitation. His invitation is to stand in holy places, stand with holy people, testify of holy truths, listen to the Holy Spirit. And this is the part that I was like, <laughs> I close with an invitation, especially for all youth. <laughs> Many of you start your day by standing in front of a mirror. <laughs> Tomorrow. Uh, everybody does. Yeah. I brush my teeth <laughs> first thing. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Tomorrow, this week, this year, always pause as you look at yourself in the mirror. Think to yourself or say out loud, you, if you like, we got some exclamation points here. Wow, look at me. I am awesome. I am a child of God. He knows me. He loves me. I am gifted, gifted with the Holy Ghost as my constant companion. That's how he ends. <laughs> I've- uh, that makes me think of there's this oh I can't remember if it was SNL or um, there was this thing where this oh man I can't it was something about like I'm beautiful I'm strong and something like like these affirmations this kid, this person was doing oh man what was that what was that I don't know now I gotta I think do. of SNL. We do Snoop Dogg's um, Doggy Land affirmations every morning with my kids. There's nobody better to be than it's me. The Stuart Smalley, that guy. Oh, um, Stuart. Isn't that bad TV? Yeah, no, Saturday Night Live. Oh, is it Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Oh. I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. <laughs> That's Funny. what I was thinking when I stand up. Got it. And <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, we do we do Snoop Dogs from Doggy Land. Um, every problem has an answer. I am in charge of my own happiness. My feelings matter. What are the other ones that I do? I wrap them with my kids, much to their extreme embarrassment. And <laughs> There's 
two dads at the, like the school drop off that I'm sure talk about me to their office every day because I'm like psycho white woman rapping. There's nobody better to be than me. And they're like, <laughs> my feelings matter. <laughs> but anyways, your homework tonight, today, whatever, is to go listen to the affirmation song by Doggy Land with Snoop Dogg. There you go. All right. Amen. <laughs> That's how much I can do. I um, I do think that like, uh, I I mean I kind of like that he's saying like, oh, stand in front of the mirror and like affirmations. Uh, I'm That's awesome. A, yeah. That's a powerful thing. Yeah, uh, but he's he's attributing it to the wrong. Yeah. Like this is how he'll get I the have spirit. Holy Ghost. I'm only yeah. special because I was born in a specific country at a specific time to specific mm-hmm. parents, and I'm white or whatever. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there's my infuriating talk. That was fun. Yeah. A little highlight reel of uh, general conference for listeners. Yeah. We yeah. delved into it so you didn't have to. Yeah. And Katie and Sarah, <laughs> uh, not so Molly Mormon, oh, yeah. are doing. Um, they're doing a couple talks too. We made sure that we did not do the same talk, so we. You can. You can have. You can have four talks. Lucky you. <laughs> General conference. Lucky, lucky <laughs> sisters. Don't say we never give you anything. <laughs> Bad fear drama. <laughs> <laughs>